When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Talking Transfers from the 90 Min Podcast Network. I'm Scott Saunders, joined by 90 Min's Transfers correspondent, Graham Bailey. And you only today, Graham. We're uh, we're half the team down. How's it going? Yeah, back to, back to the old days, Scott. Um, yeah, <laughs> good, thanks. It's uh, busy, busy as ever for the uh, for the window. We're, we're, we're not letting up at any point, are we? We are not indeed. Uh, Toby and Sean out of action for today. So you'll just have to do with the... The original two that uh, started this out. Anyway, please subscribe on all your major podcast platforms to the show, Talking Transfers, and follow us on the socials at double underscore Scott Saunders and at Graham Bailey. Are you still using threads, Graham? I must admit, it dropped off a little bit when I'm remembering to do the bigger stories I'm putting on there, but um, I haven't touched it. No, I must admit, I must admit, I haven't. Um, I try and do the odd one, but no, am I? Um, my threads are at a bit of a standstill. I apologise to anyone. Graham B. Oh, Bailey on threads if you are a keen user. Um, but Graham's forgetting to post. Anyway, uh, com forward slash talking transfers for all the latest from the transfer front from us. There's a couple of weeks left. Is it two weeks today? Looks like the transfer I, window might close. Something, probably a little bit, yeah, a little bit less. Is it Thursday? I think it's Friday the 1st of September. That's oh, okay, okay. If it's a Friday first, the 1st of September is two weeks today. So I believe we're two weeks out from the transfer window closing. Nightingale.com for all of the latest news uh, and football reaction. We cover the Premier League, all the big teams in Europe as well. Now a bit of into Miami as well. There's an email messy tears up that league. And, uh, yeah, talking transfers, we drop twice a week, so we'll be back on Tuesday and Friday. And then as we get closer to the end of the transfer window, we'll see maybe some more regular shows. Today we'll be talking about Liverpool because they have lost out on both Moises Caicedo and Romeo Lavia, who's been announced by Chelsea as a Chelsea player today. We'll talk what next for Liverpool. Uh, they have made the decision on at least one signing by the looks of it, who could be announced soon. We'll talk through that. We'll talk Chelsea. What next for them? They have two weeks to potentially strengthen their squad and somehow they will still continue spending, potentially. Lewis Hall might leave Chelsea for Newcastle. We'll talk Manchester United. We'll talk potential departures and incomings, what the holdup is for Benjamin Pavard and Sofiane Amrabat. We'll talk Man City and their deal for Lucas Paqueta, which is in doubt at this point. We'll talk Bernardo Silva. We'll talk Jao Felix and Jao Cancelo. West Ham are in the frame for Mohamed Kudus. And there's, we'll dig, dig into their plans for Mohamed Kudus if they are to get him. Tyler Adams is doing a medical at Bournemouth as well. Let's jump to the start, Graham. Liverpool have made a decision after losing out on Romeo Lavia and Moises Caicedo, both to Chelsea, to sign a defensive midfield I don't want to say cover but it looks like they're going for, does it look like they're going for two because they are signing a Japanese international tell us about that deal and how that's come about and uh what might they do next that since there's two weeks left yeah Wataru and Endo the Stuttgart captain 
is coming in. Coming in, he's had his medical at Liverpool. Sixteen million pounds. Scott is the deal for him. You know, he it's it's a fascinating situation that Liverpool have gone for. You know, a lot of fans will be highlighting the fact that Liverpool have gone from hundred and fifteen million down to sixteen million for Endo, which I think is a bit of an unfair um combines from feast or famine sort of thing. And um, this is being picked up by George Schmatka, the Liverpool sporting director. He came in summer on a short term deal. He knows the Bundesliga really well, more so than Jurgen Klopp, who's been in England um for the last few years. He, he's, he's a good player from what we've been told. He's got 30 year old, he can play a holding role, he's six. It's what they need. He's a good player, he's a great player. It remains to be seen. But I think he fills a need for them at the moment. But in terms of what you're saying, I think they will be bringing another one in. That is the plan, to bring a second one in. Will it be another number six? Possibly not. Um, still hearing Ryan Gravenberch a lot. Um, he's pushing for a move. Seems that Thomas Tuchel will let him out. And he looks like a likely candidate at this moment in time. They do like Takuri at Palace as well. You know, they're looking all over Europe. Will, will they suddenly spend 70 to 80 on Takuri at Palace? From from the outside, it looks like they wouldn't, but in this window, Scott, who knows? This is a team who bid 115, 111, sorry, for Caicedo. So they have got the money there to do it. But I think Endo coming in gives them a little bit of breathing space. You know, the fans probably, I'm not saying won't be happy, but you know, it's, it's a major stretch, isn't it, going from breaking the British transfer record to being one of the smallest Premier League deals at the window in Endor. So it feels What's the plan? I mean, you know, we obviously talk about there that they might still go in for another. We obviously know that they've still got not 100 million exactly, but 95-ish million left to spend if you go by the subtractions on the fee for Endo versus uh, Moises Caicedo. And... Endo, is he coming in as a starter? Is he a squad player? Do, do we know the details here? Or is this going to be reliant on whatever they do in the next two weeks? I think it'd be reliant on the player, what he does. When he comes in, if he does, if he performs well, does well, he, he might start. I don't, I don't think they bring him in with any role in mind, particularly as either as either a substitute or a starter. I think they'll see what they've got when he comes in. They're trusting Schmatka to bring him in. Schmatka thinks he's a starter. That's what I'm told. He thinks he can come in and start in this Liverpool team. And given their dearth of number six options, Scott, like I'm I'm not really surprised by that. Who else is it a play there? You know we saw McAllister struggle there on Sunday against Chelsea. <laughs> Again, you could argue that was against a decent Chelsea team. So against the lesser Premier League teams, could they get away with it? Maybe. But, you know, they haven't got anyone in defence who can step in there. I know people are saying that Trent Alexander-Arnold can do, but as you pointed out on the previous show, defend, defending isn't one of his strong points anyway. Mm-hmm. So you wouldn't want him holding a midfield. It's it's a strange one. I still think they would defend the shot as well. It's a strange one. Liverpool started this window so well and, and they're almost tripping over the at the end of the window, they're really not letting themselves down, but they're, they're just not quite embracing where they were. Having got McAllister and Bosley in, yeah, um, I think Endo's a good signing. I don't, isn't, but how, how important? It's a good point you make. How important is he going to be? You know, you'd want him. You would want him to be the backup, really. But he, look, yeah. he might, he might very well start. We'll see how it plays out. I mean, you mentioned Ryan Gravenberch there. Uh, we've talked about him many times on the podcast over the last uh, last few months. 
Uh, Bayern's position publicly has always been, nah, we're not going to sell him, right? But Thomas mm. Tuchel has other ideas. He does. When you got we got Lima, Grotzka, um, Kimmich in there, um, and others around there. I think you know. I don't think Tuchel is won over by Grunberg. He'd like to keep him, but I think the player, if he pushes hard enough, will get out. I think that's where his people are seeing it. And and if he comes to Liverpool, we we know he's not an out and out six, but I don't think he's that dissimilar to it to a Lavia maybe. So I th- I think he could play that role for Liverpool if he needed to. Um, it's it's a fascinating. One. I, I think he's a possibility. I really do. But as you said, publicly buying out, out willing to see he's available, but we think he is. Let's talk Chelsea then, because Chelsea are a Chelsea winning the transfer window. Uh, there's always a team that wins. I think. Well, they've spent the most money, definitely. Um, I, I don't think they win the transfer window. No, at this moment in time, because you've still got Nicholas Jackson as your number nine. If you finish the window as that, then you most certainly haven't. And that, so let's, let's let's talk about that for a second because I was mm. there and I I came to the same conclusion really that I know there, there were Chelsea fans who were quite encouraged by the fact that he ran runs in behind, you know, makes chances. But I think when you're a Chelsea, you need a striker who takes chances, and he didn't he didn't take chances at the weekend. Yeah, um, you know, this is a player who almost like joined. Bournemouth and he looked like it in that game. Yeah, he's he's a decent player. He is a decent player. He's a Premier League player. But to fire Chelsea into the top four, you need more than that. He's not he's not that player. He's not good enough. You know, they they need they need someone more capable. <laughs> Simple as that. They need they need someone better. You know, we'll see. We'll talk about Mohamed Kudos in a moment in West Ham. I'm surprised they're maybe not taking a chance on him as as others as well. But Vlaovic, um, obviously, Osimhen signed a new contract at Napoli in the coming days, so he's not available. But I'm surprised they didn't make more of a push for Osimhen. I really am. I think Vlaovic there might other, come. Are there are other strikers out there. I mean, like that that, that top <laughs> top tier. You mean? Well, well, they are they are looking at Eli Wahi. Um, who's the Montpellier striker? But they were thinking about loaning him out. He he's an outstanding young player. I think he's better than Jackson, but is he that much better? Probably not. Mm. In that, you know, Jonathan David, no one was ever really won over by him. Same as Goncalo Ramos. I know he's got the PSG, but people weren't convinced by him. So the other one is, part... is Colin Wani, right? Is, is the other one? But yeah, and, and he's got a PSG pit. as well. And 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 he's arguably more of a left-sided player. You know, a bit like a Neymar or an Mbappe type player. Hence why he's got a PSG to replace them. But that out and out number nine, I think it's Vlaovic. Do they end up giving Lukaku another chance, Scott? I don't Goodness think that's me. <laughs> I, I don't think that's beyond the realms of fantasy. If he's still there, and there's a chance he is, if he's still there and hasn't got the Saudi by the end of the window, does Pochettino throw him in? I, I, I don't think he is. As, as we stand, I don't think he is, but I don't think he can rule it out as an option because he's, be- he's better than Nicholas Jackson. He, he is. Simply that he is better than Nicholas Jackson. Um, so that's a real issue for Chelsea. They are they've done well in the midfield, you know. If it Enzo Lavia Casado, great. Levi Colwell signed a new deal. Axel de Sassi's come in as a um injury replacement for Fana, very good. Reese James and Malagusto is going to play quite a few games. Well, yeah, Reese James is now a um, long-term injury by the looks of it. So um, and we know about Ben Chilwell looking good. Keeper. Not a massive worry. Sanchez is as good as Kepper as we he's said. He's been given the, the number one shirt this week, Robert Sanchez. 
Yeah, he's as good as I said. He's as good as Kepper. We always thought that, but it is this number nine that's going to. But they've got two weeks to sort it out, Scott. So it wouldn't surprise me if they. And I think they're still in for another midfielder as well. Another midfielder and striker would not surprise me to see them getting that done. Have been suggestions from elsewhere this week. Of uh, obviously, Michael Elise has signed a new contract with Crystal Palace, uh, so that is a, another element to Chelsea's essentially bad week, but bad few days. Reese James been. Uh, ruled out with a hamstring injury, uh, not the, not for the first time either. I believe Elise was one for the future. This they were even considered loaning him out, so um, they were surprised Chelsea by that. You know they had an agreement with him in place, but hey, um, in the short term he's probably better better served being there. But yeah, the relationship Chelsea got with his family, his brother's already at the club. Um, they thought that was done, so I'm a bit of a surprise. See, I think that my conclusion from watching Chelsea last week was obviously they they have. Now, probably one of the best midfielders in the Premier League. Mm. Um, definitely moving forward for the next five years. You the do most imagine. expensive is it? Must be the most expensive midfield. Sure. Is it most expensive midfield in football history? Because it must be the is it the first time in Premier League history this weekend, Scott, that we'll see two hundred million pound players in the same team. Potentially, we have like, seen that with Neymar and Bappe, haven't we? But this will be the first the ever. This will be the first ever Premier League team to field two hundred million pound players. I would. Yeah, there's only been five. I want to say Jack Grealish, the two that Chelsea have, Declan Rice, plus one other. I want to say. So not yeah. Getting. So it probably is Premier League um, yeah. record. Uh, so yeah, I mean that midfield is obviously looking good, but I think the the thing that stuck out to me with Chelsea last week was you need to take your chances, and mm-hmm. and Kunku's out injured for for a number of months. You do lose. An outlet in Reese James, who I, I know the way that Chelsea are playing looks like Ben Chilwell will get further forward than, than Reese James, who was just going to tuck in a little bit. But at least Reese James has in the past notched up goals and assists from from right wing back or whatever. Uh, heavy load on Ben Chilwell now to you know deliver that, but I think I think he can. But obviously you need a striker. And, uh, and I, I do wonder, I do wonder with when once the Sassy's settled in a bit more. With Chilwell, I do wonder if we see Pochettino go back to a four. I think against against the lesser teams, I think we will see him go to a four. Surprising, actually. That well, he insisted last week they did play a four in his in his post match press. Conference. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, because Silva. Yeah, Thiago has to have just you, you play an extra player almost just to get Thiago through. Which is that the right thing to do? <laughs> um, yeah. So um, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. But yeah, and, and let, until they get another forward in. It's 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 a moot point. The, the top top six would be a wonderful achievement if they stick with Nicholas Jackson. Try telling that to fans of other clubs who watch in Chelsea spending. Anyway, uh, Lewis Hall on his way to Newcastle. What's the conditions of uh, of that as it stands? Yeah, Eddie Howe. You know, you know, a deal at Newcastle close when Eddie Howe starts talking about an opposition player. Something he always says he won't do, um, which he has today. It, it, yeah, 30, 30 million Chelsea want up to 35 possibly. As we alluded to before on a previous show, Newcastle, they're not willing to step over anything on FFP. So to get this deal done, it would be a loan technically with a mandatory slash obligation. Um, so basically, it, it's a permanent deal just for the first the first year loan. 30 million, it's an interesting one. He really is investing in the fullbacks here. Anyhow, he's always signed Livermento. He's now going for Hall, who I, who I like as a player, very good player. And Livermento and Hall, you know, that's their full back started out to wing backs um, for the next five or six years, isn't it? But 
I, st- I still think Newcastle are a bit short in midfield for some unlock, but it's um, it's a well, Hawke can play in midfield as well. It's a real, it's a real investment in the future, and that's what they've got to do, Newcastle. You know, and um, but obviously, we're saying it's not a bargain because they're paying for it, thirty to thirty-five million. But um, in the Premier League, that's your Premier League tax for you on top of that. It's obviously, Scott. Yeah, I think anybody looking at the transfers this summer, or even over the last few years, you know, your old five million fee has now been inflated to. 25 30 million that's just kind of your going rate for mm-hmm. for a young player like that and the the players who were sold off for you know 10 15 million quid are players who are pushing 30 on massive wages because clubs can't get rid of them anyway that's that's the way it's looking uh Newcastle Lewis Hall expected to happen obligation you say Graham yeah that's the only way they can get through it and yeah there's not Chelsea won't accept an option mm-hmm. Because otherwise, they just send me a palace who, are, who agreed a loan deal previously. Yeah. Uh, let's shift on to Manchester United, who have had not a good week, really, uh, with trying to offload some players. So, just some notes. As it stands, uh, I'll just list a bunch of players here, Graham. Dean Henderson, as it stands, likely to stay uh, as number two, which I'm sure he dreamed about over the past few years. Yeah, we did allude to this fact, Scott. When Matt Turner coming in, like Forrest were early in the window. Forrest were always... I think United had an inkling something was up here because we saw Forrest when they were linked again with Kaelor Navas. They always suggested they didn't do this permanent deal straight away. So it always had that this inkling, didn't it, this deal, that there was something not quite right at the Forest end. I don't think they were fully convinced. And, and as it's... As it stands, not coming back in for him. And United, our understanding, isn't it, Scott? That United have told him, if you're still here, you're going to be number two. And yeah, United could be landing on the feet having Henderson as number two. I don't think he's particularly happy. But but where's where's the out, where's the other club for him? There's no there's no spots for him in the Premier League, Dean Henderson. And he didn't set the world alight at Forest. He really didn't. I don't think you know if he was that good. Remember, he was linked to Chelsea in the past, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah. I think if he was that good, we'd see Chelsea coming in for him. And and they're not. Um, so I think yeah, my number two might be his best option at the moment, and, and unless someone comes in and pays the fee, um, he's on a good wage, and he's going to have to serve as Onana's number two. So the next couple of players that we're going to talk about are is one outgoing and one incoming because it seems like United are needing to get players out before they come in. Uh, we talked Harry Maguire this week. As it stands, well, that deal is is currently. Where where do we stand with that? I mean, West Ham have said this deal's off. Mm-hmm. Is this a case of this could be a West Ham actually moving on? Do they have another target in mind? Is this a bit secretive at the moment? Are they looking at just just Kudus and then revisiting centre back? Because this rests on United and Harry Maguire working out a partner of ways. No, they have moved on. It's got um, Tim Stide and technical director. He's, he's setting up a deal for Dimitros Mavropanos, the former Arsenal defender, currently at Stuttgart. That's getting very close now. 2025, the two clubs haven't agreed it yet. And, and yet they've accepted that Maguire has moved on. Harry Maguire, who I think... Um, it depends which, which side of the coin you look at it from. You know, should, should he walk away um, from money at United and, and get, out, get out there playing football? Or should Manchester United, you know, use some of that money to get in to pay him off? Just get him out. If you're that desperate to get rid of him, and and this is impacting on, on another player we'll talk about, Benjamin Pavard. It's impacting on that Scott. Where United, for me, I, I think United, are, and this is part of the reason. I'm not condemning their window, but 
I think they're treating Maguire poorly here. I think, you know, you're giving them a contract. That is what in football you pay him up. Pay him up, get him out, then bring Pavard in, move on. Why, why are you even contemplating keeping Maguire? You've got the money. West Ham are giving you 30 million. Use some of that to pay him off. I just don't understand the reasoning of keeping Harry Maguire. They've took the captain's armband off him. Yeah, if he was on 100 grand a week, Scott, they'd keep him. No problem. But we know he's not. He's on twice that. And Tekad spoke to him. We've reported that. And yeah, and as it stands, they're stuck with him, Scott, because West Ham have moved on. Yeah, I mean, I've seen Maguire get a lot of flack this week for making the decision of, oh, he cares more about money than playing football. I challenge any any person in that position <laughs> who it's is a lot of money scott we're not talking yeah we're not talking about a few hundred grand here now we're talking about six seven million pound here and united you know they've been trying to move him all summer and they had they've had this opportunity to sell him we know he's not going to go to saudi he may end up going to syria with a uv and inter maybe ironically in for pavard now united had a chance here and this has collapsed because of manchester i think it's collapsed because of united manchester united, not particularly because of Maguire. man they knew they had to pay him off they knew it well, I think that the criticism of United's window is fair. I've, I've spoken on this podcast about, I know you've said that you weren't uh, particularly uh, complimentary of the business they did over the past few weeks. I thought it was an okay start. Mm-hmm. The longer time ticks on, though, they, they, they've they made this position where they have to now, they've been pretty clear, they have to sell in order to buy. You've mentioned Benjamin Pavard there. Inter have been after him for, for a number mm-hmm. of months. I think he went on record in January saying, no, oh, I'd like to play in Serie A. You know? uh, and this has always been there. Uh, United have, I think, buying have bumped the price up a little bit on, on Pavard, right? Which has affected United, but did, it was always conditional. Did for, yeah, Murphy, yeah, Murphy United and Maguire, yeah, they were trying, because really, buying last week, really, want, the loss, loss to Carl Walker, I think it was a bit of a huff and said, oh, we want 40 million for him now. Inter, no any of that, you know, 25 million. I don't think, the 20 to 25, I don't think they get him out for that. Pavard is really kicking off now. Interesting team, Hovering in the shadows, do Arsenal come in for Pavard? Wouldn't necessarily rule it out, but yeah, Pavard was desperate to go out. He's got into, yeah, he's there. He wants to go to Bayern. He's got into and United. Now. He really wants. He'd happily go to United. He'd happily go to Inter. He's stuck a little bit at the moment um, with Bayern, but it's United. He be. I was. I was critical of United's window, Scott, and I thought Pavard and Amrabat, who will come on to, would have been really would have given them a, a real win in this window. Really would have given them the squad that real boost, a real quality boost as well. It's a, a real quality coming in. And now you're stuck with some of these players. And yeah, the Maguire one, not, not necessarily so with, with Van, Van der Beek, who, who we know is this deal with Sociedad has really just not kicked on. It, it's stalled. So what's the, what's the hold up with, with Van der Beek? Because we'll talk about Amrabat in a bit. But it's over, the lo- it's over that loan and how it's going to be become a permanent or a mandatory van der beek is well associated love van der beek they really really want him but the concern by his injury record scott which is not good as it since he's come he's got a lot of problems they're not paying a, they do not want to pay a permanent deal for van der beek unless he proves his fitness so i think united ideally what like once someone said oh, after 10 games it becomes permanent that's not that's no good if he plays 30 games then I think Sociedad would do a mandatory. It's all around the mandatory and obligations and stuff. But United is just not bending on it at the minute, and it's costing them on this one as well. Um, so we'll is this see where position we gonna are United gonna hold this position right until the end, or are they just 
you know, yeah, they they're going to bend at the, the last minute. The, the player really wants to go to Sociedad. You know, Sociedad signed Zachariah, the, the brilliant young Russian who Chelsea came close to getting. That war doesn't impact on Van der Beek particularly, but Sociedad are of the opinion saying, look, we don't, we're not desperate for, we don't need Van der Beek in, but we do want him. But they're not going to overpay. And, and you know, that deal is there. United Gambling, does someone from Turkey coming in again from Van der Beek? Does Saudi do do, do Ajax come in? Now they're going to get the kudos money in Alvarez. I think Ajax do like him a lot, and that is an option. But it's a big gamble to take from United's part. So let's, uh, again, this is con- United's business at the moment is conditional on getting players out. I think we, we wrote a piece this week, Graham. United are ticking off you know how to book flights and hotels all you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive that's why you need viator book guided tours excursions and more in one place there are over 300 travel experiences to choose from so you can find something for everyone and viator offers free cancellation and 24 7 customer support for worry-free travel download the viator app now and use code viator 10 for 10 percent off your first booking in the app find travel experiences for you do more with viator for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Sofian Amrabat a little bit by making him wait. Is, is that the case? I mean, but United were, they sold Fred this month, but the, mm-hmm. the clear indication was we need to get rid of either Scott McTominay or Donny van der Beek as well. And the hold up on yeah. van der Beek means that they can't trigger Amrabat yet. Yeah, exactly. And, and as we reported, it's basically done with Amrabat. Um, everything's agreed in principle, terms uh, between clubs, etc. Everyone knows once van der Beek done, this could be done very quickly. It's re- and and the player, as we, I think the player's got a very similar too to a lot of United fans got. He's getting very frustrated at this. The the United fans really want Amrabat, don't they? You can tell them better than me. Mm-hmm. They really want Amrabat, and they think I think he fills a um, a real need in that squad, as we saw on Monday. I think he really does something. He does a job that Fernandez, Eriksson, and Mount can't do, but all three will probably be asked to do at some point if they don't get Amrabat. Um, yeah. So. And he's there to be had, you know, and they're in Dan- Liverpool. I think they're quite fortunate. Liverpool haven't really stepped up. But Liverpool have been kept informed. Juventus have been kept informed. The player essentially is committed to United. And 
yeah, he he'll be he will be really really angry if this doesn't come off. Um, still two weeks ago, still really a lot of hope there, but yeah, there's no more desperate case done than Amrabat and a lot of United fans. But yeah, it's exactly until I, I think United are just fearful of FFP. They really are, and they just need Van der Beek out um, to get that one done. And I I, th- I think Amrabat does get done, Scott. But you know, this was such a strange window. <laughs> um. So yeah, that's uh, Eric Bailly is also still there as well. I mean, like, <laughs> you know, they told him he can go months ago. <laughs> yeah, I thought he, he go a year he ago. Yeah, he wasn't relying on it. I don't think you're relying on him for anything because you're letting him go at a bargain fee. I think so. He'll be, he'll he'll be okay. Um, but he he'll be out United by the time. I think by the time the Saudi window shuts in second yeah. two weeks in September, Bailly will be gone. Yes, uh, and also the the. The the big thing that's uh, surrounding United this week is uh, they they made a communication on Mason Greenwood, made a statement on Mason Greenwood, uh, where as far as we understand it, Graham, that is is there an indication that they they want to bring him back? I mean, everything it's a very controversial decision, uh, obviously. Where where do United stand on this? Why are they playing it this way? It's interesting. Obviously, obviously, the main thing is they are petrified of the reaction coming down from the press and the media. The, from my, our understanding, Scott, is that the Glazers have, have passed it down to Richard Arnold, to, down to a football level from from a real top hierarchy. They've passed it down now, and they are saying they don't have any issues with Greenwood coming back. There's no legal issues there now. He hasn't been charged. He hasn't served any time in prison. So, from their point of view. Um, there's no issue there. They pass it down to Richard Arnold. And I believe Richard Arnold has informed senior members of the footballing team that they're planning on bringing him back. And I believe that um, that broad, broadly is the plan. I just don't think they've pulled the trigger on it yet. It hasn't been 100% green-lighted. I think their plan is to bring him back. Whether that does happen, I think is it that, will. Is that dependent? Uh, like the, the reaction has been, you know, you know as you'd expect. I, yeah. Um, I, I think Arnold and Ten Hag have talked it over. It's my understanding from a footballing point of view, the footballing staff would like him back. I think they'd like him to be in training as we speak. I I think Richard Arnold is is erring towards bringing him back in. That's what we understand. He's told people that he is coming back in. He just hasn't re- he just hasn't quite pushed that final green green for go yet and that's what that's what the club are waiting on. Um they're waiting on someone to make that decision and they haven't waiting on Richard Arnold to make that decision. I believe he will though. I think you know at, at the end of the day we're here to talk about football. We're talking about one of the best young forwards in world football Scott. And um bringing Mason Green bringing a good Mason Greenwood back in it's a lot of hurdles for United, you know I said I've been critical of the Hoyland sign in terms of the fee, but it'd be great for Hoyland because the pressure's off him a little bit then, you know, I think it works in so many ways yeah, you know, we're not there's so many Premier League players who given their off-field conduct, we're not fans of Scott, but we're here to talk about football but transfers in terms of football I, I think United bring him back I do. That's the way it looks at the moment uh, no official decision uh, from Man United as it stands but it does and, seem and like I think that that's is the, the decision reason, that Scott. they are taking yeah it's a reason we'll come on to him in a minute. The reason why you haven't pushed pushed further for kudos, I think Mason Greenwood's going to fill that role in the squad. Let's uh, let's move across Manchester. We 
you know, uh, it's been suggested that the the official decision could come as early as next week. I mean, uh, we we wait and we wait and see. We haven't, we haven't even talked about the takeover, Scott, in recent weeks, have we? We've almost forgotten about that. <laughs> it's. Another... Um, I, th- I, I think I think my I think we'll find out about Greenwood before we find out about the takeover. No surprises there. Anyway, uh, let's move across Manchester because we have, as as far as we understood it, Lucas Paqueta to Man City was on. Uh, in doubt at this point, Graham. What's what's happening? Yeah, we're getting word from the Paqueta camp this morning. Um, I'm told that both clubs haven't pulled out completely yet, but it's in major doubt. As as we stand, too, there is two weeks to go, but there is two weeks to go to the window. So if I was a West Ham fan, I wouldn't be throwing my Paquetta party just yet, knowing that there's two weeks of this window left, Scott. You know, we're not talking. If we're if we're saying the same thing when we do that pod on September first, if we're saying the deal's still in doubt, then yeah, get your balloons out, West Ham fans, and have your Paquetta party. We've got still two weeks of this window left, Scott. We've got two weeks of Pep Guardiola watching how his team cope without Kevin De Bruyne. And I think that's the real danger here with West Ham. Yeah, it is in doubt now. As we stand, it's not going ahead. But they've got the money, West. They've got Man, uh, Man City have got the money and they are waiting on this. Um, it's fascinating. But yeah, as we stand now, it's not. It's it's a major doubt. It's 80%, 90% with what we're being told from West Ham not happening. But... Transfer window is mad, so you know. Yeah, yeah. So I would, I said, I'd be happier if I was, a, if I was a West Ham fan, want to keep Paquetta this morning. I'd be happier, but I wouldn't be. Uh, I said, I wouldn't be um, holding, so having that party just yet. Uh, Man City. It does seem as though, though, they are keeping hold of Bernardo Silva, who has been. Wanting, like I've said this on previous shows, he seems like he's wanted to leave for every summer for the last two, three years. Is is it just the case here, Graham, that Barcelona are so hamstrung by the way that they've managed their club over the past five years or so that they just can't get Bernardo Silva out of City? And as a result, Bernardo is going to extend his deal. Yeah. Intrinsically, yeah. That, that, broadly speaking, that is the point, Scott. Where I think they could have done some sort of deal here. If City were willing sellers, they could have facilitated some sort of loan. You know, Barcelona could could have come up with some wonderful deal to loan him and pay it off in a hundred years' time or something. Whatever it may be, Laporte comes up with. But City are not willing sellers, and they made it clear to Silva throughout. And and the major point in this now is the domino what's fallen is that Barcelona have opened talks to Atletico. To finally get Xiao Felix now, you know Xiao Felix, who's been wanting this move all summer. He he's wanted this for his entire career, really. Yeah, he, he put he's, he, he's he's turned down PSG. You know, he's been out of silver as well. PSG have moved on to other things now, and and it looks like they're gonna. It's gonna be a very similar deal from what I'm being told to what to what Chelsea did, but with an option. So, but about ten million euros loan fee, um, and then coming in, um. And then because they've moved on from to Jao, because they've moved on to Jao Felix, that, that's just a real signal to us that Silva isn't going there. Although from the city end, we're told that they're very confident that a new deal is signed by the end of the month, Scott. A new deal which will make Bernardo Silva one of the highest paid players in the Premier League, one of the highest paid players at City, along with Haaland and De Bruyne. And Silva, yeah, thoroughly deserving of that contract. Um, that contract he's getting at City is bigger than the one he was going to get at Barcelona, by the way. So. 
Yeah, a long term long term deal, or is this just a uh, well, tie over? Is it twenty twenty five? He's got already, isn't it, Scott? So I think um, we'll see it to twenty twenty seven, twenty eight. I'm, I'm told that sort sort of area. I don't think there'll be a release clause in there, from what we're being told. But um, yeah, so yeah, that's and 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 to tie that Barcelona Man City ribbon, Scott um, talks about ongoing with Joe Cancelo. Um, Barcelona still hope to. City are asking for a lot of money. City want to do a loan, but with a mandatory of close to sixty million pounds, which is is pushing Easy a for bit. Barca. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Barcelona are willing to do a big option, but not a mandatory. Um, but one one interesting line on Cancelo that we we did bring the news this a few months ago that Arsenal were interested in Cancelo. Obviously that, um, and that didn't really go away. The signed timber, timber, etc. In the summer, it didn't really go away. I think he was always on uh, Arteta's radar, the player who could fit into a system wonderfully. I think he probably could. Now Timber's been injured. I'm told there's again has been contact in the background between intermediaries, Arsenal, Cancelo. Gives it, it's, it's, I'd say he's still still likely for Barcelona, but I'm told it's giving Barcelona something to think about here and Cancelo something to think about. There's a possibility of Arsenal back on the radar here. City aren't, aren't really bothered where he goes. We know they've done plenty of business with Arteta. So if you, so yeah. I, I don't know about you, Scott. I could see Cancelo at Arsenal. Oh, yeah. Time, I mean, yeah. It's it's a fact. The fact that Barcelona haven't got this done yet, they could be made to pay. It's that type of player that Arsenal have been favouring, can play in a variety of positions, proven Premier League performer, former Man City player. They they like those, obviously. Loan deal, <laughs> likely to be a loan as well. Have to pay his way. Yeah, I, I wouldn't rule this out. So, well, yeah. Um, um, you'll be able to read that on site as we're speaking, or very soon anyway. Um, but yeah, it's a fascinating um, situation there. Keep an eye on Cancelo and Arsenal. Obviously, Bernardo Silva, if they to, they are to keep him. Cole Palmer's emerged as well over the past few weeks, and Pep has gone on record of saying this week he'll either stay or he'll be sold, not loaned. Uh, yeah, James McAtee's in that situation as well, Scott. But Cole Palmer looks to have been, he's ahead of him firmly in the pecking order now. They, they, they were looking as we reported. Um, Elise was one they were looking at. Um, Bradley Barcola looks like Leon might keep him now, but we, we've had it confirmed at PSG. See, both interesting options for him. But Cole Palmer's really stepped up, hasn't he? He's played a part, he's played a big part in the Community Shield and the Super Cup. So, yeah, the, the team who really were interested in Cole Palmer, no surprise, were Brighton. They really liked him, they were willing to do a permanent deal. But yeah, I think Palmer, whilst he thinks there's a chance there. Um, I think he's got a chance. And Palmer, even playing this bit role at City, does he become an England player? Scott, that's an interesting thing. I think there's every chance. Mm, for sure. You know, if, if he play, if he plays if he plays a dozen Premier League games for Manchester City, he's certainly got a chance of being that playing for Germany. Yes, indeed. Uh, quick quick uh, nod to the Premier League action this weekend. Man City, Newcastle. How do you yeah. see that one going? Um, interesting. I thought, I thought, as you know, um, I'm one of the few people who did. I believe Tonali would fit in perfectly next to Bruno. I was obviously proved right on the opening weekend. One game. Uh, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. I still think Newcastle are missing. I still think Newcastle are missing that. You know, Joe Linton is a hard worker, but I think if you put I, what I love about Tonali and Bruno Scott is, I think they remind me of of Keenan's goals that. Two, two centre midfielders who can box to box both of them. They can both do everything. 
it's an attack an old fashioned almost four four two. Joe Linton's in there as well, but I think you could afford to take Joe Linton out and maybe put a Paquetta type player in there. And I think that'd take Newcastle up to the next level, personally. But I think Bruno and Tonali do it at both ends. I think it's so refreshing. You can see them playing together. I think it's a wonderful combination there. Um, but going at this weekend, I think it'd be interesting to see if Almiron plays again. I think Newcastle would be loyal to the, some of their old the old soldiers. Um, see if Harvey Barnes starts the weekend. But back to your point, no. Man City the better team and they'll beat Newcastle 3 mm-hmm. Just a nod to uh, your Bruno Tonali midfield axis. That is... Uh... That is a midfield that I've formed on Football Manager in previous. Yeah, that is that's the dream. It has been the dream on. Uh, do I think it reminds me of that old that that Keenan scores where they're both box to box. They could one of one them sits, could be, one goes. Yeah, exactly. yeah, and take it in turns. But one of them could be making that. Either of them could make that squash buckling tackle in the box, whilst the other could be poking in the six yard box. The bucket will do that. It's a it's an old fashioned. Maybe not a six or eight, but just centre midfielders. <laughs> like mm-hmm. a Paul Inter, Roy Keane type player. Uh, let's move on. We've talked about uh, West Ham and Mohamed Kudus several times, actually, throughout this podcast so far, and he is on the agenda. Uh, what's West, Ham pl- West Ham's plan for, for him, Graham? Because obviously Brighton have made their play. That's not come off. Are West- why West Ham, not Brighton? What's the plan um... and what's West Ham's plan here? I wish I'm not bright. I think only, only the player could tell us that, Scott. Um, I think looking from the outside, I'm not sure many of us could. Really. Although, actually, one explanation was offered to me this morning. A very good source told me this morning, Scott, and it's our understanding that he might be used as a centre forward at West Ham, which might explain why West Ham not Brighton. Would he play as a centre forward at Brighton? Probably not. He'd probably play out wide or because Evan Ferguson is going to by the end of the season, Evan Ferguson will be Brighton's number nine. I think we have little doubt about that. And he so is worth it, is it that million quid. <laughs> is it that is it that is so is that path if he wants to play as a striker, is that path of Brighton? Probably not. At West Ham, there's a clear path to playing that role there, Scott. Skamak has gone. Antonio desperate to go. We know that. So who's that? I think Kudos. And, and when they were linked first, they linked after Kudos. I did question it for West Ham, thinking you've got Bowen out wide. Can he play on the left? Probably not. Can he play as a midfield in the Premier League? Certainly not in a Paquette stage, certainly not. But I think there is that role for him to play as um, Antonio replacement up there. We know that Eric Ten Hag always thought he was a potential striker, Scott, but hence their interest. I still think he'd be a lovely fit at Arsenal as well. I really yeah. do. But... Interesting, yeah. Our understanding at West Ham might use him as a striker, and that fits for me. I think I think that's a great pickup, and it shows Tim they're using Tim Snyder now, his contacts abroad in Holland, in Western Europe to get these deals done. Um, he's obviously in for the Mavropanis deal at Stuttgart, using his contacts there, and he's really pushing for this Kudos deal. This will be the first real Tim Steeden deal we see at West Ham, um, after Alvarez, and and yeah, fascinating stuff. I think Kudos. I'd love to see him as a centre forward. I think it works. You know, I think once that, once we knew that Eric Ten Hag fancied him there, Scott, that probably won me over a lot. Um, so, if, I think I think it's a really fascinating, fascinating situation for West Ham. I think if they, they bring him in, yeah, get him in your fantasy teams. I think he's going to play a lot more centrally, a lot more as a striker than we first thought. I've mentioned it several times on this podcast, but he did play for Ajax at Anfield and scored an absolute world of a goal. He, he finished most, most like last six months of the season. He played the centre forward facts, which a lot of people don't realise, do they? Yeah. Uh, so Graham, West Ham progressing on this. Is it in danger at all of anyone hijacking? Because hijacking is the thing to do. Chelsea mm. hijack everything. 
you know. I I I do, Scott. I think um, um, I I could see. I could. I think you could really sell it to me if if United came in for him. Wouldn't surprise me. If Arsenal came in, as I said, wouldn't surprise me. Chelsea came in, would not surprise me. We know they're all interested, Scott, but are they interested enough to really push this through? That's mm-hmm. why Tim Steeden, as we speak, Scott, is in Amsterdam. He's aware of these other teams. And so is Kudos's people. That's why they kept Brighton at arm's length. They didn't really reject it, but Brighton said, no, we've had enough of waiting for you. We're not going to wait. Kudos knows that these teams have an interest, but do they have an interest to really pull the trigger? That's what West Ham are doing, and they've been doing a clever thing. They're saying, look, this deal is on the table. They've agreed personal terms. Let's get it done. West Ham are pushing it now because they know there are other teams hovering. We'll see if West Ham get that deal over the line. One deal that is going to go over the line, by the looks, is Tyler Adams, who's doing a medical at Bournemouth. Yeah, um, really good pickup for Bournemouth. It's got you know, what, just over 20 million release clause. Um, I still think he'd done a great, he would have done a great job at Liverpool as well. I'm surprised they didn't push that. Chelsea agreed terms. Let's not forget Chelsea agreed terms. Tyler Adams couldn't get over the line um, with him personally, but they agreed to the release clause. Uh, yeah, but excellent pickup, I think, for Bournemouth. And more, more clever business by them. Yes, indeed. That one should be over the line soon. Uh, that's it, actually. We've come to the end of running order. There's going to be loads of... Uh, loads the only of one I mentioned, Scott, the only team I forgot to put on the rundown for you as well was Aston Villa. They should be announcing the double capture. Um, we talked about Zaniola on the other show. We didn't speak about... They are bringing... I did say, I think I did mention on that show, that I thought they might bring a left-back in to replace Tyrone Mings. And it turns out they are. Marcus Acuna, Argentinian's World Cup winning left-back, is coming on. Monchi, the head of football, President of football operations, I think is that right? Um, anyway, Job he's title, u- I'm not sure. yeah, he's used his he's used his um, so he's used his uh, pulling power at Seville to get that done. My word, what a good sign! And this will be Scott. I, this is a terrific pickup. I know he's got thirty Acuna, but wow, that's another upgrade on what they've got. Marcus Acuna with Martinez. Times the big blow because I thought Mings would would actually operate a left back quite a bit. We've seen what um, Emery's done with um, one fight. Villarreal, he likes his big fullbacks, doesn't he? So mm-hmm. I thought Mings would end up there. But I think Akuna is a wonderful pickup. But it shows what this Aston Villa deals do. So it highlights what a good, what a well run club they are now. You know, they lose Bundia, you lose Mings. You're not, you're not sat there speculating for two weeks. It's next man up, isn't it? They've got the list of who's next on, who's who you can see them on the, they've got their big board as the NFL teams have. Who's next up? Zaniolo and Akuna. And you go and get it done. That's what well run clubs do. I will add one other thing <clears throat> to the order. Everton in talks with Southampton over a deal for Shea Adams. Now, <laughs> does this strike you as the 20-goal-a-season striker that Everton really require? It's no offence to Shea Adams, Scott, whatsoever. He's, he's a decent player. But I, think, what, I think I saw his record. Too. Was he a one-in-four one man, really? Um, this bolsters my opinion that Everton are getting relegated. Is Che Adams an improvement on Neil Morpé? No, he's not. What, what, are, you, what are you doing? Ever? I just um, you're buying a striker really that doesn't have a proven goal scoring record of. Uh, and you've already got. You've already got one. You've already got. You get it is. Um, I just don't get it, Scott. I really don't. I think Everton. Uh, you know, if it wasn't for Jordan Pickford, you know they they'd be down by Christmas along with Luton and Sheffield United. Jordan Pickford will keep it respectable for. Um, 
Forest team, Jordan Pickford, and, and his stock is going down because of because of Everton. I still think Jordan Pickford's as good as anything in the Premier League, Scott. But being in that Everton team is just <laughs> sucking the life out of like life out of him, I think. But he stayed loyal to them. But it's Everton, not they're doomed. They lost lost to Fulham last week. Um, you know, I'm not wise in hindsight. Look back to the picks I had to put Everton bottom three. Um, I, I feel sorry for the fans. I feel sorry for them and fans. It's just, it's just it's it's just um. It just sums up Everton's situation and it sums up a team who were getting relegated. Science Adams just sums up a team who was getting relegated. Did they really what I, I just my point is Scott, what is the point? If you think yeah. you're gonna get what what are you signing what's the point? It's, you sold you may as well have kept Alice Sims if you sold to Coventry. What is a an homegrown player? Or Nathan Broadhead, what is he where he's gone now? But you may give these youngsters a chance. It, I, no, it, it beggars belief for me. I really don't I I don't get it. Um I think I was the one that saw uh, a few years ago when he was announced at Southampton. He did some uh, interviews with the with club media and said, "Of course, we want to win the league at Southampton," and they've just been just been relegated. Uh, I look forward. He to... was talking about the Championship, Scott, wasn't he? <laughs> I'm sorry, Shay Adams. Uh, anyway, that is the end of the show. We just had two things to tack on towards the end of the running order, but uh, that's it from Graham and myself. Please subscribe on all your major podcast platforms and follow us on the socials at double underscore Scott Saunders at Graham Bailey as well. Nightingale.com for all the latest news, reports, and everything else that's going on in football. Nightingale.com forward slash talking transfers for all the latest transfer news. And we'll be back probably early next week. Tuesday-ish to uh, round up what's going on, the latest developments on any everything we've discussed today, plus anything new. We are entering, this has been a mad transfer window, we are entering the mad part of the of the transfer window generally because the last two weeks, you know. Uh, historically, transfer deadline day, as we eat etch closer to it, always gets a little bit madder. Anyway, uh, thank you, Graham. Any final thoughts or shall I wrap it? Uh, obviously, nice to well to touch on Middlesbrough. Nice to see Middlesbrough spending some of the Chebacca money. Emmanuel Latila coming in from Atalanta, so all our hopes are pressed on him. But um, yeah, talking of uh, poor recruitment, Middlesbrough highlighting poor recruitment so far this summer. I think they've had an awful window. So I'm not slagging Manchester United off, Scott. I'm slagging my own Middlesbrough as well. Both had um, Manchester have a, have a good window. Middlesbrough have had an awful one so far. So uh, oh, we're not backing. Yeah, we're not backing Michael Carrick, unfortunately. Oh, well, we're not backing him well enough. Not well enough. Common theme around a number of clubs. Anyway, that is it from us from Talking Transfers. As I say, nightmen.com forward slash Talking Transfers for all the latest. And hopefully we'll be back to a full complement of people with Toby and Sean back with myself and Graham next week. Thanks for listening, everyone. See you soon. Have a fantastic weekend. Enjoy the football and talk to you soon. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.